the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. Welcome back to Bowl Season Daily. That's Tom Finelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Getting you started with everything that you need to know for the day's bowl action. Here on Monday, December 20th, we have but one bowl. Ooh, a little bit of a letdown after our six-bowl Saturday. But, uh, I know. But it is the Myrtle Beach Bowl, uh, of which we now are going to have uh, twice as many Myrtle Beach Bowls as we had before. This is the second time the game has been played. The kickoff is at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, right there from Conway, South Carolina, the home of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. So two six and six teams here, Old Dominion from Conference USA, Tulsa from the American Athletic Conference. I would say that based on preseason expectations, this would be falling short for Tulsa and uh, obviously a successful season for an ODU team that you know had won. I guess it was two of they'd only won two of 19 games like Definitely. for a little uh, for one stretch of the season. But when Tulsa starts the season one and four and ODU starts the season one and six by the end of the year, I think both these teams have got to be happy to be here. Right. Two surging teams, at least. Yeah, for sure. They're they're both coming in here kind of running hot. Like you said, Old Dominion started one and six. Their only win at that point was over Hampton, which is an FCS team. So it's like they hadn't beaten an FBS team. And then they go on the five game win streak to finish the regular season to get to bowl eligibility. And let's also let's let's not forget this is an old Dominion team that didn't even play last year. Mm-hmm. They opt they were one of the teams that opted out of the 2020 season. So those fresh legs really helped, really came through for them over the second half of the season. And then Tulsa, yeah, they they won their final three. They won five of their last seven just to get to six and six and get to bowl eligibility. But like you said, coming into the year, they probably had higher hopes than six and six, but it's still considering the way things started, both teams are probably feeling pretty good about themselves. And you typically see like they're probably this. This is a situation where I feel like there's not a question of effort. You know what I mean? I feel like both teams are going to show up and play hard, which is so, all you can really ask for in a bowl game. I would say that if we were to go big, it's easier to go big picture with Philip Montgomery because this is his seventh season, something like that, with the Golden mm-hmm. Hurricane. And you know, we had seen like an early in his tenure, they they flashed one ten games, and then there was a couple of, of really struggle years to you know have that. Um, strong season last year where you're playing for the American Athletic Conference championship, undefeated conference record in the shortened season. But then to think that you were just going to go back to like a three-win season, that would have been really disappointing follow-up to what had already happened. I think the fact that they leveled off is probably a good season, uh, a good sign for Philip Montgomery moving forward. Yeah, because that's Tulsa's a program where 
Like you're going to have those up years. I feel like the way that things go, like if you get a senior team or a veteran team or you get like a star player like last year, Zayvon Collins, who was just like a one man defense who was winning. Like not often you see linebackers pretty much winning games by themselves, but there were times last year where it felt like Zayvon Collins was winning games all by himself. So you get that. You're going to have a good season. But yeah, like I think you're right. It was important to them to kind of avoid that kind of yo-yo kind of up down up down up down so even if it's only six and six and it's somewhat disappointing you're going to a bowl game and that's the kind of consistency if you're tulsa and that kind of program that you ideally are looking for yeah you want to get those 10 11 win seasons maybe compete for a conference title once in a while but the goal should be getting to a bowl game every season and for uh ricky ronnie and odu um I would say that ODU has to feel good that it made the right hire. This is only oh, yeah. the second bowl appearance because remember Old Dominion made the transfer from FCS to FBS and they went to the Bahamas Bowl, won that several years ago. So this is an, an exciting time for Monarchs football where you've got to like your your young head coach and, and the way that they've come out of taking, the, again, repeat, taking the year off. Yes. This is, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting game. It's going to be fun. Also, I wish there was a prop on turnovers so we could take the over on it. Like some sports book needs to start offering over-unders on turnovers because Old Dominion turned the ball over 21 times this year, which is 97th in the country. And that's not, you know, a stat you want to be lo- like higher in the 97th. But then <laughs> Tulsa turned it over 24 times, which ranks 122nd. And while neither were great at it, on the other side, both defenses are kind of decent at forcing turnovers, too. They both force 16 in 12 games, which is about average for the country. So I have a feeling like this is a game that will probably be decided by turnovers. And like you look at Tulsa, Davis Brin, just their quarterback, for those who aren't familiar, 16 touchdown passes, 16 interceptions. Not really the ratio you're looking for. Poor guy. He's, uh, you know, been waiting his turn, finally gets it. But you start to see um, start to see some some holes in that uh, that resume. Okay, mm-hmm. so speaking of the outcome in this game, Tulsa favored by nine over under of fifty three. Some notes here: Tulsa has covered in four straight games. Um, Tulsa, however, one in four against the spread as a touchdown favorite. Uh, six and one against the spread if it's something shorter or an underdog. But again, one in four as a touchdown favorite uh, for Old Dominion. Again, you finish with five straight wins that saw an eight points per game increase and then a decrease in opponents points per game by two touchdowns from 36 to 22.2. Monarchs also have the third best against the spread record in FBS, nine and three against the spreads. What do you like in this? First of all, I love that trend about Tulsa only being one and four against the spread is touchdown or more. That's some nice digging you did there. Uh, I, I like Old Dominion. I, I think that this is a matchup where it's a kind of a situation. One of our one of our hardcore principles here. It's like, why should I trust Tulsa, a six and six team, to tr- cover a spread that's nine nine and a half points, depending on where and when you're getting it? And I think this is an old Dominion team. Like this is really going to be like we we mentioned the turnovers. This is probably going to be a game that turnovers really has an impact on the outcome. And I just think that I like Old Dominion's matchup against this Tulsa defense with the combo of Blake Watson and Elijah Davis at running back. Allie Jennings, who is a big play threat in the truest sense in that he had 55 catches this year and averaged 18 yards per reception. So he's he's kind of a one-way street as far as what routes he's running. I think he can get a couple big plays. And I think, honestly, 
I think the Monarchs are kind of a live dog here just because of Tulsa's turnover problems. That it's hard to trust. Like when both teams are forced have a lot of turnovers, that's one thing, but it's I'd rather have the underdog in that kind of matchup than to be the favorite because it's hard to cover as a favorite when you turn the ball over a lot. Yeah. Um it's very clear to me that we've got to think about uh Myrtle Beach and what Myrtle Beach is like around December 20th. And, and we've <laughs> got to think about, you know, just that that coastal December wind coming off the Atlantic. Now the Tulsa's obviously very used to wind. But that's different kind of wind. No, yeah. Old Dominion, Old Dominion knows this kind of wind, knows this kind of air. I think that uh, I think that I will also take ODU <laughs> and maybe sprinkle. Yeah, I, I I'm not against it at all. But you mentioned that Myrtle Beach wind in December, like all the airbrush T-shirts you'll see, they didn't start that way. The wind did that. They were actually <laughs> just true. normal shirts. A lot of people don't know that. That's <laughs> I'm really glad you're able to inform the audience about that. No, let's I, I I'm with you. Let's. Let's ride the dog. If this game's going to be exciting, you would ra rather have all those points. If it's going to be dumb, and we are literally talking about the way the oblong ball bounces because there's going to be a lot of fumbles. Yes. Yes. Take, take the underdog in this game. Uh, but again, I think the big takeaway is two teams that finished the season well. Uh, be, being in a bowl game was not necessarily in the cards for either. So it will be fun to see what they're able to bring to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Again, kickoff at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, I am, I just, generally speaking, so I, I put myself in your shoes, and I, I, I know that Tom, at the end of the bowl season, is going to have bowl rankings just like he had at the beginning of the season. But I was sitting here, I was like, I wonder what the scoreboard is looking like right now. Is there any leader in the clubhouse? And there is there is math involved in the final rankings. Mm -hmm. But right yeah. now, like, I'm not asking you to run formulas, but if you were to just sort of, you know, narrow down the way things are going what's what's the leaderboard looking like cure bowls number one right okay. now coastal 47 and iu 41 just like that was everything you could ask for from a bowl game so far in that there were you know a lot of points scored nobody ever really took a pulled away and took a huge lead there were a whole bunch of lead changes like it was just non-stop and and fun zero punts right yeah i, I don't think there might have been one but there weren't a whole lot for sure. It was just, it was a ridiculous and fun, entertaining game, which again, when it comes to like the bowl games, like the, like the Myrtle Beach Bowl between Old Dominion and Tulsa, or the Cure Bowl between Coastal and NIU, in which there's really nothing on the line. All you want is to enjoy yourself. And if you, if your bet wins, awesome, but at least you have a good time for three and a half hours. Coastal over NIU in the Cure Bowl. Would, uh, would our beloved Utah State Aggies over Oregon State, is that it, that even cracking the top three right now? No, no, it's not. I mean, it's I enjoyed it because we love our Utah State Aggies because they play hard. But, you know, it was a lower scoring game. Wasn't a whole lot of drama involved in it. Like you, once like Oregon State took that early lead. But once the Aggies came back and took took it back, it was game over. I think the most exciting part was Cooper Lega, the backup QB who had not played a single snap in his career, comes in for an injured um, Luke Bonner. Logan Bonner. Logan Bonner. Yeah. Checks to a different play at the line of scrimmage at his very first career snap and throws a 76-yard yes. touchdown. And it's like, oh yeah, that's 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 bull action. But after other than that, it was a it was a pretty boring game, honestly. Yeah. It was I thought it was uh, hilarious 
And it was not hilarious. I, I thought that the sh- like the shine and the pomp and circumstance that was given to that game was going to be given to it one way or the other, mm-hmm. you know, with its like primetime coverage on the big like national broadcast. It was it was definitely like nice and it looked pretty. Laura but, uh, Rutledge was the runaway MVP of the L.A. Bowl. Yeah, just with the puking Jimmy Camel getting the uh, the the gravy on her jacket while eating that sandwich on the sideline. Just it, 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 like if there's a sideline reporter power rankings for bowl season, if anybody's doing that, Laura Rutledge is going to be at number one. Yeah, without a doubt, MVP of the LA Bowl as uh, as Utah State did get that win. So right now, Cure Bowl. That's it. As as we continue to to get more bowl games down, if we think we got a good one, that's the standard. Was it better than the Cure Bowl? the answer is no then it's not going to be number one leader in the clubhouse for the bowl rankings you can follow him on twitter at tom Pennell. you can follow me at chip underscore patterson we will be back monday afternoon with the full group to be able to break down uh, a lot of what's going on not just in the bowl season but throughout college football and tom and i will be back with more bowl season daily tomorrow tom thank you very much thank you Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.